If I can't lead myself, others won't follow me, won't respect me, and won't want to partner with me. Today's focus is on how you lead yourself. It's part of a three-part series. And today we're going to focus on stress management strategies, tips for professionals around the area of managing your mind and how you focus. The top five tips that I'm going to share, and here they are. Number one, my preferences matter. Number two, build momentum, prepave. Number three, grow personal accountability. Number four, get in the zone. Number five, I can't get it wrong. We're going to go into those top five stress management strategy tips for managing your mind. And we're going to give you some actions and more detail. And it's a great way to start out the new year. That's when I'm recording this. Let's get started. Welcome to the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast, a show designed for leaders, trainers, and consultants who are responsible for employee selection and professional development. Each episode is packed full with insider tips, best practices, expert interviews, and inspiration. Please welcome the host who is helping leaders, trainers, and consultants everywhere, Susie Price. Hey there, welcome to the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast. My name is Susie Price. I am the host for the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast and the owner of Priceless Professional Development, where we focus on building energy, commitment, and communication in organizations and have been doing that for 13 years. I am a professional facilitator, consultant, and author. And I'm happy today to share some tips from my book that I wrote back in 2013, 120 Stress Management Strategy Tips for Professionals. And I'm going to share the top five for managing your mind. And then we're going to go into the next episode. It'll be, it'll be episode number 32, Managing Your Body, the top tips there. And then the last part of this three-part series will be episode number 33, where we're going to talk about managing your spirit. So I'm excited to share this with you. As I'm recording it, I am in Atlanta, Georgia today. We're snowing. We've had snow, which is unusual here in the South. And uh, we're snowed in a little bit, which isn't very much for those of you who live in colder climates. Uh, But for us, we're not all that prepared to uh, drive around. So it's a good time to be sharing this. It's the January 2017 and new year, new time to uh, begin thinking about again, once again, renew our commitment to ourselves and the power of taking care of ourselves. So I thought it was a good time to start this series. And the episodes, today's episode number 31 can be found if you want to look at the show notes, there'll be a lot of links and things that you're going to probably want to reference is at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash mind, M-I-N-D. And that's all lowercase. And then I'll have the, if you want to look at the show notes for the other episodes, which have not been recorded yet, but will be here shortly, it's pricelessprofessional.com forward slash body, pricelessprofessional.com forward slash spirit. Years ago, I came up with five habits, wake up eager habits, and the habits make up the letters, the acronym. If you know me, you know I like acronyms. So E-A-G-E-R. So there's five habits for wake up eager leaders. And the R in the word eager is about what we're talking about today. And that is, uh, I call it to recalibrate daily. And so that's a habit. If we want to wake up eager, we've got to recalibrate daily. And it's a personal focus. And here I'll give you the definition from the book, the 120 management stress management strategies is recalibrate daily is a 
daily focus on aligning and strengthening the mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual aspects of your life. It's important because when you're out of balance in these personal areas, your professional life is almost always negatively impacted. So what I would say is to master this habit of wake up eager leaders, we would recalibrate daily. So we're going to spend time every day focused on strengthening our focus, which is our mind and how we think um, and how we plan Every day spending time on our physical well-being, which is, of course, our body and how fit we are and how we feel. And then the way I'm covering spirit in this habit is about your connections. So not going to get into any kind of religious context at all. But it's about spirit and spirit meaning, do I have personal and professional connections that buoy me, support me, uh, give me a sense of belonging? And so that's what the focus will be on these three different podcasts. So and the reason this habit is to recalibrate daily is that I want you to and myself included, this is all stuff I work at as well, which was why in 2013 I wanted to write the book. It was my first attempt at writing a book and it was a very good practice and I have it's an ebook and I'll have a, a link to it in case you're interested. But the reason I wanted to create that is I wanted to flesh out all these things that I've been learning. And I just see for myself and see for uh, my friends and my colleagues and clients that if we don't tune in every day to determine whether we're on track or off track with, you know, what's important to us personally, then we get off track in a big way before we know it. So that's why daily we want to just want to pay attention. So these tips and the tips in the book are about helping you create routines and practices that are going to help you make minute course corrections along the way so that you notice when things are out of sync and you get it early on as opposed to far down the road. You know, if you get it early on, you can make incremental changes. So if we don't take time to recalibrate our mind, body, and spirit daily, we can end up stressed. We can feel dread. uh, We can get ill. We can gain weight. We can get to a place where we feel lonely. We don't feel on purpose. We might get blindsided by challenges or a loss, a relationship, or work. We could feel empty. And all of those things are things I can definitely relate to, which is, you know, kind of why I love the theme of Wake Up Eager, because it helps me as much as I hope it helps anyone else to think about every day. This is a daily journey, not a one-time thought if I want to wake up eager and be effective. So I started with the statement, if I can't leave myself, others won't follow me, won't respect me, and won't want to partner with me. And so I think that we are leaders, we're consultants, we're facilitators, because we do want to lead others. And so this this managing our mind, body, spirit just helps us be stronger. And it's a reminder, because oftentimes, if you are in a leadership role, you're getting pulled in a lot of different directions. And you see it in families too, right? But if we really want to help others and lead others and be effective in our roles as professionals, you know, we've got to, and you've heard this analogy before, I know you have, so it's just a reminder, but if the plane is going down or anytime your leadership is needed, 
you've got to put your oxygen mask on first. And so this habit is about that. So if you've gotten really good at recalibrating daily, managing your mind, body, and spirit, you know and you remember every day that the best way you serve others is by strengthening every part of who you are by giving yourself oxygen every day, mentally, physically, and spiritually. So the top five tips for managing your mind are focused today, episode 31, our focus on helping you build your drive to excel. Uh, it's a focus on focus. It's a thought around thinking about your future, like your day tomorrow, as well as your day six months from now. It's build. It's about building hope and excitement about what's ahead of you, the future. And it's a desire to be better than you currently are, no matter how great you already are. If we always want to learn, we always want to improve, we always realize that, that we each have our own growth edge. There's energy and motivation in that. And we can ha- create more wake up eager days. And, and my visual always is, and I always pay attention to this too, because when I start getting off of this, is I want to, when I wake up and I'm getting my feet, I'm swinging my legs off the bed, I'm getting ready to touch the floor to go. I want to know where I'm going. I know what I'm going to go do for the day. And I'm excited about it. For me, it's a great reminder when I stop getting up and wanting to go do what I do want to do or what I'm going to do that day. There's there's information in that situation. So and it's interesting on the assessment. So if you've taken the Trimetrics HD assessment and you're thinking about the part that's under the hood called the acumen, this is the part that's measuring self-direction. So if you have high self-direction, it means you're excited about your future. And so and you're not in overwhelm, you're clear about it, you're hopeful. If you've taken Trimetrics EQ, which is measuring uh, emotional intelligence, the part under the hood around that is measuring motivation. So I have persistence and energy toward my goals. So I've also put a link in the show notes, pricelessprofessional.com forward slash mind to an episode about Trimetrics in case you're curious about what I'm talking about if you haven't taken it. And uh, you'll see the link there. It's pricelessprofessional.com forward slash trimetrics, T-R-I-M-E-T-R-I-X, in case you want to look that up. But there is a way to measure how we're doing in managing my mind. And a big piece of it is either motivation in the EQ area where you scored and also self-direction on the acumen side. So our five, I'm going to share with you my top five tips. There are uh, 40 tips on managing your mind in the book. And what I did around the book is I just did a tip a day. And it's not like just a word. It's actually an explanation and exercises and actions. And the other thing I did in the book is created an email sign up. So if somebody wanted to have the book and then sign up for the email every Monday through Friday, they get a tip. And, you know, so the first week is mind and you get five tips. The second week is body. So I alternate between mind, body, spirit, hoping what I was hoping to do was to really help build the recalibrate daily. That was kind of the thought around it. So every day I'm focusing on one of these aspects. So let's re I'll recap again what the five tips are. My preferences matter. Build momentum, prepave. Number three, grow personal accountability. Number four, get in the zone. And number five, I can't get it wrong. Each one of these has their own mantra, which I'll share with you, which is just a, an affirmation about around that area. 
And then what I'm going to also do is just give you action tips and there's and, and things you could do. So let's look at the first one. My preferences matter. So what's a preference and why do they matter? So a preference is technically a choice, right? I've got different alternatives. And, you know, what's my choice uh, between the alternatives? And this is a reminder about the fact that your personal preferences matter. Your preferences are the actions that are going to bring you the most happiness, the most satisfaction, gratification, enjoyment. And they're when you find your motivation and inspiration. So what what your preferences are are different from mine. But when we each line up with our preferences, which in the assessment world, line up with your usually your top style strengths around the disc assessment, how you drive and your top motivations, what puts gas in your tank. So why does this matter? If you find ways to consciously use your strengths and preferences, you're using your natural talents. Those are nat- they become natural with you, to you. They are natural to you. And they're gifts that you bring to the world. So we, it's good to do what you're good at because that's how you make a difference. And when you do what you're good at or use what comes naturally to you, we tend to see, and research tells us this, that we feel better. We have more energy because it makes sense, but somehow it doesn't get promoted enough in the world we live in today. It makes sense to use your talents, to use your strengths, because you're being yourself. So we always are, you always hear about being authentic. Well, using your strengths and knowing what your preferences are and knowing that they matter is you being you, is being authentically you. And if you're authentically you, that's a happy and energized you, and you add great value everywhere you go with everybody you meet. And in everything you do. So this idea of appreciating your strengths, you know, you're happier, you're more energized in a way that that suits your style. Um, But you're talking to the cashier at the grocery store. And because you're energized and you've recalibrated and you feel good, you spread more kindness and more happy when you're leading your team. Same thing. It's it's why your preferences matter, because you being you bringing the strength of you to what you do. Now, if you've listened to any of these other podcasts or been to any of my talks or workshops, I'm always talking about what the Gallup organization's research said around strengths. And I'm going to recap those statistics real quickly here. If you've heard this, you can skip forward. But just knowing about our strengths, we're 8% more productive. And that's their research has uh, indicated that. If we spend more hours a day using our strengths, in a study that Gallup did in 2012, those people say, hey, I've got more energy. I feel well rested. I'm happy. I'm laughing a lot. I feel respected. I'm proud. If they do use your strengths on the job every day, they're six times more likely to be committed and engaged in their work. Or we are, you are. And so there's lots of good insight around strengths. And they matter because a lot of times we take our strengths for granted. So if you're good at something, you probably say, well, you know, yeah, I'm good at that. So what? But you need to own it. And that's the value of one of the values of having the assessments is to be able to own it. So if you're naturally analytical and accurate, which is not one of my strengths, 
you may take that for granted. And I'm looking at it thinking, oh, my gosh, that's so great that you're so analytical and you really think things through and everything is accurate. You might think, well, just everybody does. That's not all that special. It's easy for me. It's just what I do. But that's a strength and it's a preference and it's valuable. And so you feel better. That's one thing. And another thing about why your preferences matter is because sometimes because our strengths are so natural to us and because we take them for granted, we can also overuse them. And I call that a blind spot. And so we all have them. Blind spots are things you do that get in the way of being effective. Think about when you're driving. Everybody else sees your blind spot, but we don't see it. So everybody else can see it. But oops, I'm doing that so much that it's actually now causing me a problem. So uh, that's why we call them blind spots. So the mantra for my preferences matter, I told you that each one of these goals has a mantra, is I name, claim, and use my strengths. I also manage my blind spots. So here is the affirmation or the mantra or reminder around my preferences matter. And that is I name, claim, and use my strengths. I also manage my blind spots. For the leader who is very good at accuracy and analysis, you put that skill to work. Make sure processes and documents are accurate. Make sure communication is accurate and well-planned and well-executed. And then if you're going to follow that mantra, you're also going to manage your blind spots. You're going to pay attention to when you overanalyze and when you might critique mistakes at the expense of deadlines and progress. So the bottom line around this top tip is just know what your strengths are and use them as much as you can every day at work and at home. And then in addition, pay attention to the overuse because we all, I know I do it. I know this and I talk about it and I work at managing my blind spots where you and me, <laughs> we do overuse them. If, and if we just have to stay aware, uh, know when we need to pull it back and when overuse of our strengths is getting in the way of getting along with others or in moving forward on things because we can manage our strengths. So know what your strengths are, ways to know, ask others. You know, what do you say? think my strengths are? The assessments are the tool that I use in coaching and in work around that and on teams and uh, do more of them. Also, remember, don't try to convince others that yours, your strengths are better or more important than theirs. It's a real waste of time. We all have different preferences and different strengths and they all matter. And when I got that, when I started to have the framework from the assessments, understanding the different strengths and different drivers, it seems like a whole load of resistance and expectation and judgment dropped off my radar because I started to get it. They're doing things differently because it's their preferences. Just like my preferences matter, their preferences matter too. So the big evolution for all of us including myself, is to constantly learn to embrace our own preferences, but embrace others too, because it could be theirs could be very different from ours. What I see when we can get better at that, we have stronger teams, we have less judgment, we have more appreciation for diversity and for differences. So there's a lot of power there. So that is the first tip. Remember, on managing your mind, if you want to manage stress, and have more ease in your world, 
Remember, number one, your preferences matter or in the my preferences matter. Just use that as the statement. Okay. Tip number two, build momentum and pre-pave. Okay. So this is about understanding the power of momentum and understanding the power of pre-paving. So pre-paving, what is that? It's just pre-thinking about anything that you're going to do in advance, um, which is really just another way of saying plan. So it's intending, it's practicing, getting ready. And all of this builds ease when you actually do go to move forward. And that's why I'm saying build momentum by pre-paving. And Henry Ford said this, I love this quote, before everything else, getting ready is the secret to success. Before everything else, getting ready is the secret to success. It's so true. And I really had to learn this. First off, by style is very risk oriented in regard to not in a negative way, but high D on the disc styles. And I want to move fast and go take action. So I'm not very cautious. I like to go, 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 go. And I used to always leap before I looked, (laughs) which is so crazy when I think about. And a lot of times it worked out, but a lot of times it didn't. And, you know, in addition to that, so I probably had a bigger dose of it than most people because my family growing up is very was very unstructured. And so there's a lot of strength of that. But the blind spot always is, you know, used to be that I didn't prepave. So I would jump into things. I didn't preplan or prethink quite enough. And so not only is my style someone who just likes to move forward, but I didn't have a role model around being planful, being mindful, being structured. Um, and so it also shows up in my assessment. And my number six motivator is low traditional regulatory, very low. So I don't like a lot of structure. But even if if you match me in that, there's so much power, though, in knowing the power of pre-thinking and building momentum. And it doesn't mean it has to stop the creativity and thinking outside the box. But you want to use the power of this so that you can take a little bit more measured approach and so that you can go faster because if you build the momentum first, before you take action, your action's going to work. You're going to be ready to go. You're going to like you've primed the pump. And a lot of times when people are in overwhelm, they're not doing this pre-paving or pre-thinking. And so overwhelm, being frustrated is, is about not getting control of your time you know, thinking about two things at the same time. So let me give you some examples of what I'm talking about, about pre-paving. So in the sports world, you think about the basketball player who lays in bed at night and thinks about his free throws, or he thinks about plays that he's going to make, or um, and then he practices, you know, so he not only thinks about it, he practices when nobody's around. And so when millions are watching, He's built the momentum. He's prepaved. You could say created the habit, built the skill. So when millions are watching and, you know, the game is on the line, he can hit the free shot. Think about a golfer practicing the swing. This is the same thing. You know, how do I build a better golf game? Well, I, I prepave. I think about my swing. I learn about my swing. I practice it. 
Um, you think about uh, if you're going to do a remodel, or my husband's a commercial builder. So you think about, you know, they always spend, and anytime we do a remodel at my house, because he's a commercial builder, and he's also someone who's really good at pre-paving, pre-thinking. I've learned how to do this more through his example. He's also a high C and a high D in his style. So he he is naturally this way. Plus, his, his family was more pre-planning type focus. But anyway, if you think about building, I got on a sidetrack there because I started thinking about building and then I started thinking about him. But he really has been my role model because I get to live with and see the power of that. But anytime we're going to uh, remodel or do a renovation, I used to get so impatient because I'd be like, can we just move forward? Hurry up, hurry up. But he would always and always still does make sure we've planned everything out and that we're very clear. So then when we do go, uh, it goes correctly and it's fast and it's on target. And you think about an architect, you know, what do they do? They spend a lot of time saying, what do you want? Well, how's it going to look? Then they do the blueprint. All of that is pre-paving or pre-planning before you take action. And if we can spend some time, the appropriate amount of time doing that as a leader, for example, when would you do this as a leader? Maybe it's before a team meeting. Maybe it's before a performance review. For example, for a team meeting, what would be better pre-paving than maybe what you're currently doing? Creating an agenda, thinking about in advance, what do I want? What's my main objective? What's the main thing that we need to accomplish? You might have guidelines. So it's all of that work is about seeing the meeting before it happens. And when we can pre-pave, pre-think, pre-plan, we build momentum towards the greater possibility of success. It's why I like the dashboard, which I know you've, if you've listened to any of the podcasts, I did a whole podcast around how do you create accountability uh, using a dashboard and it's uh, pricelessprofessional.com forward slash dashboard, I think is how you find it. But is thinking about, okay, what are the three to five priorities in my role or in the person I'm managing's role and getting very clear about it so that people know what's expected. That's pre-thinking. And I think here's a personal example. Fitness, something that's really helped me pre-thinking is uh, you know overcoming my resistance to working out. And is I think about that, I decide, okay, tomorrow I'm going to work out. And before I go to bed, I lay out my gym clothes. I put my shoes out. I put everything that I'm going to wear out. I think about exactly what I'm going to do in the gym before I get there. And guess what? I go to the gym. <laughs> I work out. I wake up and I go to the gym. It's right there. That's pre-paving. That's all that is. Um, I've got a talk uh, next week. I'm going to Scottsdale, Arizona, and I'm going to do a 20-minute TED-style talk in front of 400 of my peers. I'm excited about it. I was a little nervous because it's a whole peer thing. And then the whole only having 20 minutes, you, you to me, I always have to work harder to be prepared for something short like that because what are the most important points and you know, a TED-style talk. So I want to be up there with no notes. So a lot of, I've taken a lot of time because I was nervous about, I am nervous. I'm getting less nervous now that I've been spending time pre-paving, you know, imagining, planning, practicing. What am I going to say? How am I going to say it? How do I want to be seeing myself up there? All of that is, you hear about visualization, you hear about, it's all powerful about how we manage our mind and it's practical as a leader to realize that this is a priority. So if you build this habit, 
which is something I have learned to do, it builds momentum and you're going to be less overwhelmed. So I, I touched on that a little bit. Overwhelm is basically, if you were to break it down, what is it? It's simultaneously focusing upon spoke, focusing on what you want. I want to be a great, uh, I want to deliver a great talk to my peers in Scottsdale next week. And then at the same time, if I was going to be overwhelmed about it, I would say, well, I don't know if I can do that. So I focus on what I want, and then I think I can't do it. And if you do those things at the same time, you're going to be overwhelmed. And this understanding the power of momentum and the power of pre-planning and pre-paving, it gets you off of what you're worried about and gets you focused on what what you're going to do and what you want. And if you move yourself into that mode, it's very empowering. And so if you think about, for example, for that talk months ago, I knew I was feeling a little excited and, you know, maybe a little concerned (laughs) about this new opportunity to speak in front of my peers. But I've been breaking it down and I'm pretty much out of overwhelm. I'm more excited than nervous, and I'm going to be ready. I'm almost there. I'm almost ready. But it's very empowering to get this. I hope I'm explaining in a way that makes sense because it's been a game changer for me, and it's something that's not natural to me. So if I can build it, uh, anybody can build it. So basically, if you if you get it and you say, okay, I want the momentum of being ready and if you you believe in prepaving and prethinking then you need to it'll force you to break down the action you need to take for example with exercise overwhelm would be thinking i've got to lose 10 pounds right away and uh, that's overwhelm so my, i think what i want i want to be 10 pounds lighter but i got to do it tomorrow then there's a lot of tension in that and that's overwhelm so here's in the leadership world, one of the things that uh, has helped me the most, and I talk about it a lot with coaching clients, is planning every day in advance. So you start breaking down what needs to get done. You prepave each day before you get into the day. And uh, my favorite tool on that is what I call list of six. And I did some uh, getting out of overwhelm in a podcast. It's more detail if you want to go to getting out of overwhelm. It's uh, pricelessprofessional.com slash get things done. All one word, lowercase. And I'll have a link to it in the show notes. But let me just talk about it here, touch on it, because it saves me every day because I used to just wing it and I'd have a calendar and all of that. But when I started doing list of six, I got out of overwhelm and I started creating a lot of momentum. So here's what it is. List of six. There, This is the top six things you absolutely will do in a day. And I say only six. You may do a ton of other things, but as you're thinking about creating your list of six, what has to happen the next day? It's it's something that I think you should draft in the evening or before the next day, not when you're starting in that morning. And it's what has to happen and what are you willing to commit to accomplishing the next day? And it it forces you to focus on and prioritize what's most important. And the the benefits that you get by this simple little exercise is you get momentum from the previous day. You know, we get in a groove. You know, by the end of the day, we've got a groove going. We know what's hot and fresh and important. And so if you set it up before the next day, you're building, you're using the momentum of the previous day. It sets you up for success for the next day. It's that feeling of empowerment. I'm not overwhelmed now. I know what I'm going to focus on. It's doable. 
It's doable if you know what the priorities are, and it's going to bring more ease in your life. What it's helped me do, because I like to say yes, I love what I do, and I think, yes, 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 I could do that. And I love to hang out with people and have lunch and all of these things. But if I do a list of six, it forces me to not overcommit. And it forces me to be realistic around what I've got to eat. Like if I need to go to the grocery store tomorrow or we're not going to have any food in the house, I put that on my list of six. And so if somebody asks me to go to lunch or do something in addition to the other things I have on my list, it'll force me to not do that because I need to do what feeds my family. <laughs> so it's you know, it really has helped me not overcommit, which also keeps me out of overwhelm. And it forces you to focus on taking action around what's most important to you as opposed to getting so caught up in what everybody else wants you to do. And list of six is an action that can help you build momentum and prepave more. Um, The other thing I think is setting your top goals every month. And I would say just pick a couple or pick one main thing, three at the most, add some simple measurements, put them where you can see them. And we've all heard about that. Do it. Put it in right next to your list of six. Focus on what you want quite a lot. So there's your goals. I think that's important. And then I spend time, and I recommend you do too, focus upon what you want. I journal, and I'll take my goals. You know, I want to, when I was writing this book, I want to write a book because, and then I sit down and just kind of journal about my why. Why do I want to write a book? I want to write a book because I have all these ideas. I want to write a book because it's something that uh, it's fun to share what I've learned. I want to write a book because I want a tool for my clients. I want to write a book because I want to write a book. I think it'd be cool to write a book. I want to write a book because I want to take these ideas and I want to flesh them out and see what happens. I want to write a book because I've learned things and I want to share what I've learned. You just kind of get in a a rant. Did you feel the momentum from me just starting that? I can feel the momentum. And that's what you're reaching for. And another exercise uh, that you could do around this whole prepaving and build, building momentum is spend some time journaling around removing obstacles. Figure out what's in the way and break it down. So if you think about the book part, when I first started this book, I didn't have any momentum around. Well, I had some momentum around writing a book because I was doing a blog and doing my website, uh, but I didn't know how to write a book. And there was a lot of overwhelm around it. And so breaking it down, using my list of six, having it as a goal, writing about what I want and why I want it, all of that would build. And then in the midst of doing all that, I would get ideas that would help me. But I also needed to think about what are the obstacles that are going to get in my way. And so whatever your goals are around leadership, your team, you just break it down. Um, So for each of your goals, what's the obstacle? And then what are some things you can do to move past the obstacle? And a coaching conversation can help you with the, help you with that as well. But you can also do it on your own. So and the whole idea of sharing your goals with someone else, finding a role model who's who's done that. I studied people who'd written books. I talked to different people who'd written books. All of that is about prepaving. It's, you know, like the architect getting ready to build your building. It's you creating the blueprint of the plan. And all that work is time well spent because all that work and all that breaking it down creates momentum. So the mantra for this uh, uh, build momentum and prepave is... I plan every day in advance. I have monthly goals that are in writing and I review them and take action on them daily. Okay, so that is the second 
Now we've got uh, the third managing my mind tip, and that is about growing personal accountability. This is about taking responsibility for your achievements and your mistakes or your errors. So the definition of personal accountability, this is a mental skill. We actually measure it in the Trimetrics HD assessment, but it is powerful and it is one of the high performance skills that we see in all positions. And uh, I talk about that in the podcast around interview mistakes. So if you're interested, you go to pricelessprofessional.com forward slash interview mistakes, and there's more detail. But the definition of personal accountability is the ability to be responsible for the consequences of one's actions and decisions. It's acknowledging without hesitation or guilt one's accomplishments and wins. It's also embracing all decisions and not shifting focus or blame somewhere else or on others. So this is about accountability. So I'm going to acknowledge my wins. I'm not going to hide them under the bushel and so I don't outshine others, but I'm also going to acknowledge my errors and my mistakes. And this skill is, is about you managing your mind and it ties to hope for the future and accountability in your role and success. And it matters because all jobs require it. So as I mentioned, it's we find it in superior performers. It's tied to feelings of happiness and self-empowerment. And it's costly to your career if you don't have it. So what are some behaviors of someone who has high personal accountability? You're going to forge ahead when there's difficulty going to be able to handle criticism without being resentful. You're self-motivated rather than I've got to have somebody else push me. And you easily acknowledge others' wins. Because you're acknowledging your own, you can sincerely applaud others. And you acknowledge errors and you work on finding solutions. You don't spend any time trying to cover up mistakes or blaming other people. And this ties to being future-focused and learning from wins and mistakes. So I've got uh, additional material around personal accountability that I'll put in the show notes. I've got a workbook and different things uh, from my ebook that are in the ebook. But some things to do around building personal accountability is take time to reflect upon all the good things you've accomplished. Reflection is good. And actually, I uh, do that at the end of every year. And I just did it for 2016. And it's amazing how much I forget and take for granted what works because I'm always thinking about, okay, here's what I need to do next. And so if you're really good at personal accountability, you celebrate your successes too. I like this other little tool. And at night, oftentimes I'll say my 10 favorite things about today and I'll mentally do it. Or sometimes if I'm journaling, I'll do that. That is very cool because I'll be surprised how much I've already forgotten all the good things that have happened. Um, so I want you to list everyone. If you're doing it for the year or for six months or the day, all the big things, all the little things, things you're proud of, things you feel good about, things that feel like an accomplishment to you. Don't skip over this because it seems foolish or easy or boastful. Because if you have personal account- high personal accountability, you take you take ownership of these. And if you think about strengths and the, you know, Gallup's research about, you know, being more engaged, that's about acknowledging the good, right? And remember that uh, what you do well is not something the average person spends time on. Um, and we often take for granted that piece. And so that being someone who is in high appreciation for self helps you be in high appreciation for others in a real sincere way. 
So pay attention to personal accountability and build that. And that is tip number three. So the next two are pretty quick. We'll be wrapping it up. Tip number four for managing your mind, get in the zone, get in the zone. And this is about focusing on what you want, why you want it. So what is getting in the zone? You all know it from athletes, and I know you feel it at times. We, I think we all get in the zone at moments. Um, the more you pay attention to it, the more you notice it, the more you'll have it. It is, well, let's describe it. It's, it's the lack of passing of time. Action feels effortless. You don't feel stressed. These are stress management strategies, right? So, ooh, I want to get in the zone so I don't feel stress. And that usually relates to having a sense of mission, feeling purposeful. And if you don't call it getting in the zone, you might call it being in the flow. And it's a real thing. And there's a very, there's a popular book that I love to read. I've read it many, many times. It's called Finding Flow, The Psychology of Engagement in Everyday Life. Finding Flow. It's by a guy named, and I'll try to say his name. It's a tricky one. Mihai Check Sent Mihai. Say that 10 times fast, right? Great book. Uh, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But he, Mihai Check Sent Mihai, just like saying it because I can. <laughs> he actually figured out what the flow formula is. So what is, and uh, that's me putting, I don't think he uses the word flow formula, but as I tried to distill his book into, you know, what's the flow formula, it is, there's three parts. So think about this. Think about this and see where you have this and where you don't. And one is fully using your skills and strengths to overcome a manageable challenge. So I'm going to use my strengths to overcome a manageable challenge. Number two, having a clear goal. Number three, getting feedback on how you're doing. So using your strengths, it's something, and using them to create a challenge. So uh, we talked about uh, how important your strengths are. So it's a, using your strengths is get will get you in the flow. This is another ev- more evidence of that. And then having a clear goal, talked about that previously. You know, it's another reason why daily planning and goal setting is so important to creating a wake up eager leadership life and a wake up eager workforce because goals help you consciously create more flow moments every day and then getting feedback so getting either immediate feedback in how your day went by or how your talk goes that would be how I would get feedback or in my workout getting feedback did I did I meet my intention around the workout or maybe I've got a coach that gives me feedback Um, As a leader, that's another reason why feedback with your team is so important. If they don't give feedback, it's hard for them and they don't have clear goals and they're not using their strengths. It's hard for them to find their own flow moments in your culture and in your job and in their in your work on your team and in their job. So getting in the zone, this tip is so important. So if you're not in the zone, here's some thoughts. You know, you're missing something from the flow formula. You're not setting goals that are true to your top strengths and interests. You're trying to do too much at once. So that's that overwhelm. Your goals aren't clear. You get overwhelmed. And maybe you haven't set up any measurements or feedback systems, so you don't know how you're doing. So you lose focus. So when you break it down like that, it's like, huh. I could create more in the zone flow moments, less stress, effortless. I'm going to feel on purpose, you know, so expand on what you're naturally good at and interested in, set your own goals, get measurements, 
And you're going to be on your way to finding more flow and getting in the zone. I'll have links. The book is on Kindle and on paperback. I don't know if it's in Audible. Should have looked at that before. But we do have a link to audible.com where I get a little bit of credit uh, from Audible if you use it. So I'll, I'll put that in the show notes uh, if, if it is available there. Okay, so that is get in the zone. Tip number five. And this is probably one of my favorites. And and this is all about stress management, right? And managing your mind. Tip number five is remembering I can't get it wrong. Why don't you say that with me right now if you're listening? I can't get it wrong. Were you able to say it? Did it feel funny? Well, why can't you get it wrong? Because you're never done. And this is something I want you to remind yourself of often. I can't get any of this stuff wrong because I'm never done. It's a mindset that'll help you soothe and calm yourself. This is all about managing your mind and how do you talk to yourself and how do you uh, get yourself up and going every day? How do you have strong self-direction? And if you think or are constantly beating yourself up for, I'm not doing enough, I'm not being enough, I should have all this all figured out, I just want to remind you, you can't get it wrong. There's no should and there is no timeline. And what I see, you know, there's a few people who aren't hard enough on themselves, but I would say out of the percentage of people I get to talk to, people are hard on themselves. It doesn't mean we don't want to give honest feedback to each other around what we see, but we also want to remember that we're all evolving and we're all learning. And I would like this tip about I can't get it wrong to remind you that you're always going to be coming more. And that's because it's never done. And that small incremental change and reminding yourself of, you know, that I've made a change and it's incremental and that that's enough because every little bit of movement forward is, guess what? Movement forward. And you always, if you've talked to me at all, you know about the thing I like to say is 1% a day and in 70 days, I'm twice improved at 1% is about 15 minutes. So if I use small efforts, they add up. 1% a day and in 70 days and twice improved. So we want to embrace a small effort and not be so hard on ourselves. And I want to take some of the stress and urgency out of growth and being perfect and get the right perspective. And if you're doing that, you're going to manage your mind better. You're going to have more success. You're going to be under less stress. It's important, you know, it's normal to have stress in our life and it's normal to be growing and becoming And basically, your job is just to notice the stress and then think and do things that let it inform and teach you. So we embrace the stress, but we don't let it take over our lives and we pay attention to what it's telling us. So what I see is high Ds. We think everything's urgent, so we have to hurry up and get everything done. So I'm wrong if I'm not done it fast enough or I don't have complete control. High eyes, we can be hard on, you know, if we get rejected in some way socially, that's hard on us. Um, So I got it wrong and we beat ourselves up. High S, sometimes we beat ourselves up or hold back because we're too cautious or too pleasing. And high C is awful hard on themselves because they value accuracy and getting it right. And so oftentimes what I'll see in people who are high C will look backward and they fret a lot. Some of the high S will do that too. So we waste a lot of energy because we keep thinking, I got it wrong. We each kind of do it in our own kind of dish style way. But if you can adopt the mindset of, I can't get any of this wrong because I'm never done. I can't get it wrong. I'm not done yet. 
It'll help you move forward. It'll help you continue to evolve and expand and help you do it one step at a time. And I love, and it's it's been a journey for me, and it's something I, I'm always working on, but I like pre- appreciating where I am. So that's the, you know, my 10 things that I, I love about today, things that went well, you know, things this year that went well in 2016. And then not judging myself. So, oh, I, you know, gosh, I didn't do as many podcasts or I haven't done my newsletter since October. I mean, those are things that I want to get done. And, you know, sometimes we, there are things we have to get done, but I just haven't had the time to do it. So I just not gonna, I'm not finished and I'll find other ways to meet those goals, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time thinking I'm wrong. I'm, I messed up. Uh, I'm going to, own it. I take personal accountability for my wins and my errors. And I'm going to move forward because we're never really finished. And I did an article about quick recovery, best tips for quick recovery. And I'll have that in the show notes. But in the article, I talk about what we tend to do. We And it's so true. See if it's true for you. We look at other people and we see that they're successful. And we just assume that their success was easy and it was like this straight line. They went from point A to point B. But in truth, everybody takes a journey of up, down, and all around to get to point A to B. And not many people go straight there, you know. So what does it really look like? It's messy, you know, and we think, oh, okay, when I'm making mistakes or I'm overwhelmed or I doubt myself, you know, there's something wrong with me. It's not. I can't get this wrong because in truth, you know, it's it's messy and it's all a part of how we're going to get successful and move forward and continue to grow. And so if we can move through the messiness of mistakes and maybe even we fail, it's all part of sharpening our thinking. If we can jump over to, hey, I didn't get this wrong. I'm learning. If we sharpen our thinking around that thought process, we can build greater awareness and we can figure out, you know, I never know more clearly what I do want until I've done what I don't want. And so we just embrace that concept. And so when I have made mistakes and be you me over my career, I have definitely made mistakes. I continue to. If I say, okay, I didn't get this wrong. Yeah, I made a mistake. I'm going to own it. But now what do I want? Uh, We get a better outcome, but it only happens if we let it. And if we're not, uh, you know, beating ourselves up or wasting a lot of time for that. So with that, if it, you can use failures and problems to your benefit, but you have to decide that you're not going to let it break you down. And so say with me, I can't get it wrong. I can't get it wrong because I'm not done. And so here's here's the, you can't get it wrong. You'll always be refining and learning and becoming, and you can't get it wrong because there's there's always a new day and a new way to play, a new way to work, a new thing to learn. So how do we move past mistakes so that you can move forward? Appreciate what you now know. I mean, it sounds so simple. You have to work at that. You have to mus- You have to flex that muscle. And the more you flex it, the more you'll move towards it and get out of the beat myself up mode that takes you down and backwards. Appreciate what you now know because of the mistake you made and remind yourself that if you start thinking, well, I should have all this figured out, there's no should and there's no timeline and you're not finished because you're not done. And it's a more affirming stance and outlook. So those are my top five tips for managing your mind. Here they are to recap. My preferences matter. Build momentum, prepave. Number three, grow personal accountability. Four, get in the zone. Five, I can't get it wrong. 
So I have a free quiz that was part of the book. Uh, it's a recalibrate my mind, body, spirit quiz. And you can, there's 13 statements and you can take that. It's pricelessprofessional.com slash mind, body, spirit quiz. And that's all one word. I'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, if you fill out that quiz, you're going to get added to my newsletter list. So just so you know that. Um, and I also include a, a worksheet to help you create a plan You because know, it'll it'll calculate which area of mind, body or spirit that you scored uh, not as strong in. And it'll give you, you know, a worksheet there. The book, if you're interested in it, is pricelessprofessional.com forward slash one two zero tips 120 tips and tips is lowercase so i started out with today saying if i can't leave myself others won't follow me won't respect me and won't want to partner with me and that's what the managing my mind body spirit is about is us learning to lead ourselves and that my dear is a never-ending journey we keep getting better and better at and i want to share a blessing that i heard or read actually Mark Silver, he he has a business called The Heart of Business. He's very inspirational and very lovely person with, uh, I don't know him, but I read his stuff and I'll have a link to his business in my show notes just in case you're a small business owner. He works with small business owners, but I like reading his material just because he's so loving, hence the name of his business, The Heart of Business. And he had this blessing this year and I like it. Reminds us that we're not alone and no matter what your spiritual or religious affiliation is, there is a, a presence that you might acknowledge if you do, and that we're not alone. That's what this is talking about. So let me read it to you, his blessing. In the name of the one most compassionate, most merciful, most kind, it, I ask in the name of the one to help us all to know that our hearts are always cared for that every step is guided, that we need do nothing alone. Help to open the way to reveal the path to make the signs unmistakable. I ask for nourishment and support in abundance for us all. I ask that all of those who need the gifts that we've been given find their way to us without blocks or veils or hesitations. Make our provision easy. I ask for love and healing, for mercy and kindness, for power and ability, for gentleness and peace, for strength and success, for life, for justice, for form. I ask for presence and light, and love and love and love for you and your loved ones and your business in this new year. So I see that for you. I see that for me. I see that for your team and your company. I see goodness all around you. And I see you mastering these five, my five favorite stress management strategies for managing your mind. You can get the show notes at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash mind. It's episode number 31. Stay tuned for the next two episodes. Uh, it's going to be around body pricelessprofessional.com forward slash body and i'll be producing that here shortly and then the third is going to be managing your spirit and this is about connections with each other personally and professionally priceless professional 
com forward slash spirit. Thanks for being a part of this and uh, being um, part of this opportunity for me to think and share and remind myself as I remind you. The teacher is always learning, right? And so it's so great to go back and revisit and remind myself how much each one of these tips matter and make a difference in my life and then hopefully make a difference in yours. Many blessings. This episode of the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast was brought to you by Priceless Professional Development. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to pricelessprofessional.com to gain access to more professional development resources. 